Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you're our God. We did not choose you, but you chose us. You continue to pour out your love and grace on us, even when we don't deserve that love. But God, you give it freely anyway. You remind us that you are our king. And you are our God. So, Lord, as we move into this time, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, this Sunday we are concluding our stewardship series on moving forward. That has been a prayer, as I shared on the very first sermon of this series. That has been my prayer for a long time, probably since February. Just continue to remember, God, you call us to move forward. You call us to be your people. And as we conclude this stewardship series, it should remind us that, that this year, I, know I sound like one of those cable news places when they talk about the election. This is the most important election of all time, you know, that type of thing. But, but honestly, I honestly and firmly believe that this year is the most important year in the life of our church. How, how we move forward from this time on will we'll set a course on who we are as the church at the corner of Highway 66 and Josephine Street. This community, this city has seen, this county has seen a lot of growth over the past few years. It, it, it just baffles my mind as to, you know, I go to like, like Bucky's down the back way down 66 and then up that way. You know, that, that used to be just farmland as far as you can see, but now it's houses as far as you can see. You can go to different other places within our community, house upon house upon house upon house. I was cracking up looking at uh, Facebook at the, the Royce Citizens page. Somebody made a comment about how they just moved here. And if they didn't realize how bad the traffic was going to be, they wouldn't have moved here. And, and I love, one of the comments was like, said, well, now if we can get like ten to 20,000 of you new movers to, to realize that and move out, we would be fine. But you know what? That's not going to happen. People are still going to be coming. I've had the honor over the past uh, few months, and, and, I, and I've served on past bond steering committees for Royce City ISD, and I've got to hear some of the figures over the past and the growth that we've had, how we've outgrown ourselves over and over and over again 
um, one of the, the stats that they gave us this year was that Royce City ranks eighth in DFW's new home rankings in the second quarter of 2022. There are 16,000 future home sites in the works here in Royce City. 16,000, can you imagine that? In two years, the schools that we have, four out of the seven schools will be over capacity. And then in five years, this number blows my mind. In five years, Royce City ISD will have 11 to 12,000 students. That just, that just kind of makes my chest get heavy a little bit. I can't imagine how Mr. Worthy and the ISD feels with all of these numbers and stuff. You know, also here on Facebook recently, the, uh, the city just announced that down Highway 66, they're going to be building a brand new police station. And, and the, the renderings look gorgeous. And I can't wait for that building to be built because I know the police department needs the space and everything. But it just shows that there is a lot of growth that is happening. So you may be wondering, so... I didn't realize that I came to hear how the state of the city in a sermon today. What exactly does this have to do with us? <clears throat> and something came to my mind this past week that what came to me was Matthew 25. There are, there are three parables within Matthew 25. The one that you may be more familiar with is the one that I'm not going to talk about. That's the parable of the sheeps and the goats which is one of my favorite parables, but there are two parables that, that Jesus tells before the parable of the sheep and the goats. One is about the, the ten virgins who they are waiting for the master to come home, and they're, they're sitting there waiting, and, and five of them have their, their lamps all trimmed and they have enough oil and everything, and the other five, they don't have that, and they start begging the other five, hey, let's, let's have some of your oil, and they say, no, we don't give you our oil because if we give you part of our oil, then it'll run out faster and then we'll have to go. So you go get your own oil. And so the other five, they went to go get their oil and, and get their lamps all ready. And as they were gone, the master came and took the five with him and left the other five out in the darkness. And they were banging on the door waiting to come in and said, you weren't ready. You weren't ready. So that's why you're not here. The, the second parable is about a, another master who goes on a trip. And, and, and as he goes off on this trip, he gives three of his servants some, some money. You know, one he gave five, another he gave two, and another one he gave only one. And, and when he returns, the one who had five, you may remember this story, he had five more that he gave to the master. And the one who had two, he had two more that he gave to the master, and the one who had one, he said, I, I, just, I just buried it. I didn't do anything with it, and I just kept it all to myself. And so here you go. And the master then admonished that third servant and gave what that third servant had to the one who gave back ten. I think about that with our city. I think about that with our church. We have the responsibility to, to use the gifts that God has for us to share it with the community around us. 
every single person within this building, every person who may be watching online who may not be in here this Sunday, you have gifts and graces that God has given you to share with the world. And, and that's what stewardship is about. It's not about making sure we have enough money to do ministry. It's not about making sure that we have people staffed all the different places to do all the stuff we're doing. No, it's about the gifts that God has given you. So you have the opportunity to share those gifts with others. So as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, so how do we use these gifts? How, how do we follow the examples of Jesus' parables of the ten virgins and the bags of gold to conclude our stewardship series? And I think now more than ever, it is an opportunity that we must prepare our hearts and minds to do good. We prepare our hearts and minds to do good. And sometimes that good may not be what what the world wants us to do, but we're not trying to measure ourselves up for the world's standards. We're trying to measure ourselves up to God's standards. So Paul, he, he shares this word with the Galatians, and I share this word as we conclude our series today. This is from Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, if you follow along with your Bibles, or we'll have it up on the screen for you to follow as well. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Paul begins this little passage with two simple words. Let us. Let us. Be easy, Paul, who is somebody who is traveling around to different churches and, and, and wanting to start places here or there and say, okay, y'all here in Galatia, okay, listen up. It's time for you to do something. I'm, I'm going to be gone. I, I'm going to head to the, the Philippi, or I'm going to head to Ephesus. I'm going to do all of this type of stuff. But no, he doesn't say that. He says, let us. It, it's a reminder that even though Paul was the one who was starting these churches all over the place, he knew that he had part of that responsibility to be with the church in Galatia. He knew that he had the opportunity to be in partnership and in ministry with the people there in Galatia, and he knew that his work was as important there as it was anywhere else. I'm sure if, if we were to hear Paul talk in Philippi or in Ephesus, he, you, you would hear those same words, let us together. I want to be a part of that work with you because I know how important this work is. Back in 2016, we have a, a term for when a new pastor comes to a church. It's called a seating. Why it's called that, I have no idea. I guess because you, you sit in that church, I guess. 
But but in that meeting, we, we were meeting in one of the rooms. I was there. Tracy and I were there with uh, the rest of the SPRC. And for some reason, there was a word that popped into my head that I started to use. I don't know if I really used that word in another ministry setting before. But, but when we were talking about the work and the ministry of Royce City First United Methodist Church, I started to say, we, our, the, the, ours, you know. Uh, and, and I realized that as I was talking about it, I said, boy, I've never done that before. But, but I know that it was God preparing me and hopefully preparing all of us to say, this is the work that we do. You're, you're not just the pastor that sits in an office that maybe gets up once a week to, to give a sermon, but you are to be in ministry with the people of this church. And you will continue to be in ministry with the people in this church, and you will continue to do the work that I have called you to do. And you know what? It's a, it's a call that I have absolutely loved. And it's a call that I will continue to do, knowing that God has called us to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world around us. Paul then continues, and he says the next couple of words, do not become weary. I know that the work ahead can be tiring. And I know there are some here in this sanctuary who has been a part of this congregation for a long, long time. And I'm not saying this to shame anyone, and I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty about anything, but, but as long as you have breath in your lungs, you have gifts to give to the church. As long as, as you are able to, to, to walk it or, or stumble into this church, you have gifts and graces to give, not just to this church, but to this community, but to the works of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I know, I know that some have worked tirelessly. And, 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 and now are at rest. But, but, but I think now is the time as we move into this new era, if you will, of our church. All of us have to be on fire. All of us have to be ready and, and motivated to, to do the work in front of us. And while it may get tiring, while it may, get, may wear us out here or there, we know that we are, are lifted up by God to continue on the work that God has for us. I was having a conversation with a pastor friend of mine from our community. And while we were talking about this church and talking about the churches of our community, he was saying, you know, there just feels like there is kind of a, a, a bubble, if you will, around Royce City. That, 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 that things start going well, and then all of a sudden it just kind of fades back. Then they start to go well again, and things start to fade back. 
And, and as we were talking about that, we were going, you know, I think we're kind of in one of those moments now. We're, 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 we're in one of those fading back moments. But what I hear God saying is that we are called to continue to move through, to, 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 to burst this bubble so that those 16,000 future home sites with families can explore the love and grace of Jesus Christ, not only through this church here, but through all the churches within our community. And we, we share in the partnership of that work so that more and more can hear. And it is tiring. I, I, I will not uh, mince words with that. It can be tiring. But see, Paul continues by saying, do not be weary in doing good. Do not be weary in doing good. I think Paul would say, anything that you could do that can build up the local church and that can build up community, that is what you need to do. In my church planning days, uh, before, I became, uh, before I came here to Royce City, there was one question that was always asked. I was always asked, if, if your church were to, to disappear overnight, would anyone miss it? Think about that. If, if this church were to disappear, would anybody miss it? And honestly, I would have to answer that question, yes. I honestly believe that if Royce City Methodist Church did not exist tomorrow, people would miss this church. Yeah, this building would be here, but, you know, it's just a building. It's not the church. You are the church. You are the ones who continue to make a difference in the life of those around us. Every Christmas Eve, as we move into Advent season, we, we, we talk about our Christmas Eve offering. And one of the things that I've always done and will always do is make sure that our Christmas Eve offering does not go towards the business or the runnings of this church. I don't think that's what Christmas Eve offering is for. I think the Christmas Eve offering is something that we give freely to the community around us. And, and in the past, we, we've done different things to, to give it to different organizations. But I think for me, the one that really makes an impact, and we're able to do that again this year, is that there are students in Royce City ISD who have a, a debt in their meal lunch program. I actually got a call from a teacher uh, last week asking if there was anything that we could do for a student that she had that was missing lunches because his balance was too high that they weren't able to give him a good lunch, but he was just given like a couple of pieces of bread and some lunch meat and a, uh, a thing of milk. So very, very minimal. And I know from the history and from the past that sometimes these students, that hot lunch they get at lunch is the only really decent meal that they get. Remember whenever I was teaching a long time ago, a, a couple of students was uh, excited. This was back up in Kansas. They were excited because their mom was getting ready to head to the casinos up in Kansas City for the weekend. And they were excited because Mama went out and bought us a whole bunch of Cheetos. 
so we could have Cheetos for our meals while she was gone. And it just breaks my heart to hear that, that people want to do that. And I'm not saying that parents are doing the same type of thing with their kids here in Royal City, but if they can't have a warm, hot meal for lunch, then how can they learn? How, how can they do that? So, so that is an opportunity, my friends, that we can do good and that we can make a difference in the life of, of people within our community. So this Christmas Eve, we are going to, again, take up that offering to pay off the school lunch debt for students because it is the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do because it shows evidence that we as a church will reap a harvest or way that Jesus would talk about it. He would talk about it as bearing fruit. In John chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. My friends, as a church, we are to be connected to the vine, and that vine is Jesus Christ. Today, as I, I mentioned at the beginning of our service, is a, a special day in our church. It, it's not only the last Sunday of the, of the church year, but it's also Christ the King Sunday. And what that means is that today we pay homage to Christ, who is our King and who is our Lord. And I can't think of a better way than to have the opportunity to give our, our gifts or give our commitment cards to God today. So hopefully some of you picked some of these up today. I know we do have some cards in the, this lobby area. One is a financial commitment card and one is a a, a service card, and the back side of it is a part of the children's service card. And I know, um, you know, elephant in the room, I know we have this vote this afternoon to talk about our relationship with the United Methodist Church. And I know that some people, they don't feel comfortable giving their pledge or making a commitment today until they see how that vote turns out. And I understand that. And, and I'm not shaming or not saying that you should or whatever. This is what, as Pastor Francis said last week, this is something that God needs to lay on your heart. Tracy and I, we have made our commitment for this next year because we know that it's not about this church. It helps this church. It helps the ministry that we do in this church, but it is about our relationship with God and us giving our first fruits to God in, in, in love and grace and knowing that he has all of our needs in mind and he will take care of our needs. He has been faithful. He has been good. And I know that we have brighter and more awesome things in front of us because of the love that God continues to pour out on us and we can share that love with others.